command center ready here. <laughs> Who knew we could do three weeks on the first article of the creed, huh? So how, how many weeks are we going to do on the second? <laughs> Probably a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they have it broken down. I think they have them all into like three parts. Oh, okay. But, I mean, the second article is so, there's so much, I mean, obviously there's so much more. Well, I don't know if it's obvious, but it's the Jesus one, so maybe it's yeah. obvious that, that there's the most material. Um, and it's just it's the longest part, right, of, mm -hmm. of the creed, too. It's probably about half of the actual words of, of the full creed. You know, it is funny to think about just how the first article has the least, mm -hmm. even less than the Holy Spirit, which is talked about <laughs> less. Oh. Are we live? That's true. We are live. Oh. Um, Clean up our, our heresy talk now. Well, we were talking about it. We were just talking <laughs> about the creed. So, yeah. So there there's the... Um, the intro where we're just and you're like wonder wonder what those pastors are talking about when the when they don't think they're on the camera they're like oh they're just talking about the creed yeah. <laughs> it's so on brand yep. <laughs> talk about the creed whether the camera is rolling or not <laughs> maybe a little football too sometimes uh, well welcome to our pastor's Bible study or I don't know if we should say the catechism study but the catechism and Bible mm -hmm. together we we were just joking maybe it, maybe it came over but um, who who knew we could spend three entire weeks mm -hmm. on just the first article of the creed, which is one sentence, yeah. you know, in the actual creed? But then when you get into the the explanation, obviously there's there's more there. Uh, but but yeah, we, we've got a few more questions left here, and uh, and we'll run through some of them, and yeah, we'll see we'll see what kind of stuff comes out in our conversation here. Um, but I, I'm going to read just the the last little paragraph in the uh, in Luther's explanation to what the first article of the creed is all about. So we've already talked about how uh, God has made me, how all the things that He gives to us, you know, kind of like material and family blessings. Uh, he defends us against danger, uh, and then now here's like the conclusion of it. It says all this He does. Only out of fatherly, divine goodness and mercy, without any merit or worthiness in me. For all this, it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. And then it ends with, this is most certainly true. Uh, that's how all three of them end. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so... I want to, well, just, I guess, first, Pastor Josh, anything that stands out to you? I think we are going to um, unpack a lot of this just as we go through the questions, but just anything right off the top here. No, let's just, let's just get into it. Let's just get into yeah. the questions. Okay. So, so we're going to go um, to, if you, if you have your catechism, remember, this is the, you know, the, the newest edition of it. We're on, we've started here on page 156. But we're going to um, just go to page 157 here for, uh, for this question. You know, um, what is the significance um, of confessing that God did all of, the, all of this out of, and here's the quote, fatherly, divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in me? Um, what do you think about that? 
Pastor Josh? Well, I think it gets back to uh, <clears throat> what we talked about last week, where, uh, at least I think we did. I might be confusing this and religion class. I don't know. <laughs> uh, going through the catechism and both. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, you know, whose story is this, right? Is it our story mm-hmm. or is it God's story? Did God create things for humans or did God create things for himself? And ultimately the answer is God created everything because he wanted to. And we're a part of that creation. And so uh, it just really takes the, the focus off of us and it puts it all on him. And it, you know, it just really, it, it puts us in our place. Like, it, you know, it, it's not like God did this because he's like, oh man, you know, he... They, they are so good, they, they deserve the best. Or, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's just, he does it because it's who he is. Mm. Uh, and so it says more, well, it says all about him and nothing about us. Mm. Except for that we're not worthy. So I guess maybe not <laughs> nothing, but a Yeah, story. yeah. Well, and that's good because uh, letter A here under question 141, it says, God did not have to create the world. He created it freely out of love. You know, it's not like God... Is there, um, you know, prior to day one of creation? Well, let me crack open the God guidebook for what gods are supposed to do. Oh, step off, oh, create a world. Okay, I guess they got to do that this week. Um, no, he didn't, he didn't have to. He wasn't like forced to. Well, I got to create something, some type of living, living creatures. Yeah, he creates it freely out of love. Um, yeah, those are just, yeah, amazing things for us to ponder, you know, like what went into God, God's desire to create. Yeah, because it was, it was a thing he wanted to do. <clears throat> um, we don't have all the details about that, but we know, we know that much at least, yeah. Um, so, so God is the, the one who creates everything um, out of fatherly, divine, goodness, and mercy. Those, those two words, we just kind of let them wash over us very quickly. Fatherly and divine. Um, I mean, with God, that's... That's who he is. He's. He, we've talked about this before, like two weeks ago, especially like how at the same time he is our dear, tender father, and he's also the divine, you know, creator, sustainer of everything, all powerful, mm-hmm. almighty God. Um, you know, he has goodness and mercy. But then, but then that that kicker is, yeah, without any merit or worthiness in me. You know, the, a couple weeks ago when you preached, you were talking about like. Um, you know, in Luke 7 with the centurion, and he's saying, you know, he's not worthy uh, to have Jesus come under his roof. And then, you know, kind of went through a discussion about, you know, what what do we deserve? You know, the, the world tells us, well, you deserve this and this and this, you know. Um, and then other things in Scripture say, well, you don't deserve anything. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so, so how, how do we wrestle with that, I guess, um, where... I guess on, on, well, I guess in what sense is is the catechism and the Bible accurately saying that we have no merit or worthiness in us? I guess from, from what standpoint is that true? Well, um, I think my brain is kind of taking this two different ways. Um, I'll start with the one way first and then go to where I'm guessing you're Trying to go with this. I, I'm not really. I'm just kind oh, of okay. throwing it out. I mean, I have I have some you know some exit ramps if we need them. I yeah. Guess. <laughs> um, but you know when when I was just thinking about this and how like thinking about like with parents, parents don't decide to have kids. 
because there's any bit of worthiness or merit on the part of the kids, you know? And it's a little bit different because God is is all-knowing, like he is, you know, outside of time, so he sees the whole story of each of us, you know? But, you know, as parents, we, we have children because we, we want to show them love. You know, we want to raise them and, and you know, X, Y, and Z, but it's not like, uh, you know, the child has done something to be worthy of being born or, you know, it is solely on the, the love of the parents. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes you have kids when, you don't, when you're not trying and that's a different story, but in this sense, you know, it, it is out of the love of the parents. And so, you know, in that sense, there's nothing worthy that the child has done. It's just the love of the parents. Okay. But then also, you know, like worthiness before God, uh, sin, when we, when we are born, we're born with sin in our DNA. And, and that makes us, you know, uh, it, it kind of writes us out of the will. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we don't have any claim to anything good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, w- we, get, we get the worst of everything and we don't, or we deserve the worst of everything. We don't have a right to say, well, that's not fair or that's not what I deserve because, well, that's what sin does. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, this, this question and this explanation of the creed is it's talking about, you know, not only, I guess, <laughs> deserving, like, being created, but then all the other things that he does uh, for us throughout our lives as well. Yeah, and I think... Obviously, yeah, the sin the sin is like kind of the one-word answer for um, why we don't merit or are, we're not worthy to receive anything really from God, or much less all the things that he gives to us. Um, it, it is interesting, though, I think, to throw a, a wrench into this conversation. One of the things that I really appreciate from, uh, from the Bible Project and all the videos that we used during the Read Scripture Challenge last year, um, and, and a lot of their other resources too that I that I enjoy, they really hammer home the fact that all of us are created in the image of God. And so, like for us, um, when we're thinking about, well, what you know, should I serve my fellow man? You know, should I, you know, what, what do I, I guess, like, owe to them, you know, as far as, like, blessing one another, you know, living, living among one another here in this world, they really punch that, like, well, they're your fellow people that are also created in God's image. Um, and I've heard that, you know, that, that kind of, I think if you take that too far, maybe then you think, you might say, well, that is like my ticket for merit or worthiness, um, but then again, that sin, you know, comes and mm-hmm. kind of blows all that up. Yeah, because if you um, want to go that route, you got to do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. You, you can in theory, yeah, but in practice, you can't. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we know, I mean, in in this conversation too, obviously, God, God is blessing. Um, all people in their life, right? He's he's given like some of these first article blessings. Mm-hmm. They they are given to atheists and Christians alike. Mm-hmm. You know, he says um, 
you know, the rain falls, you know, on, on the wicked as well as the, the righteous. You know, every, everybody's getting God's blessings. There's not necessarily like a, you can't just like look at someone's spiritual life and be like, oh, I'm not. That explains why they're in the 97th percentile of being blessed or the, you know, the, the worst percentile. Yeah, and there are yeah. not like rain clouds following over, <laughs> like people who are not worthy. It's not yeah, like a... Yeah. I don't know, what is it, like a depression commercial or, I don't know, commercials where you see like a, a cloud oh, yeah. just walk, following the person, constantly mm-hmm. raining, like, you know, you don't, you don't see, you don't see anything based on yeah what kind of person they are. Yeah, is that like a character from Encanto or something? I don't know. Not seen that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so, so yeah, I, and I think, um, any Lutherans who are tuning in, Catholics too, I'm sure, you know, you're really picking up on, well, yeah, of course, like, no merit or worthiness in me. I mean, this is, um, this is a, a large part of our theology, and Luther will always bring this out to just even make the gospel that much, shine that much brighter mm-hmm. for us. Um, so yeah, so, so no merit, no worthiness. It's not like we can present our resume of things that we have done uh, to God, and then he's like, oh, yes, well, you're going to get you know, upgraded to the, the next you know, blessing package or something. Yeah, yeah. We, just, we just don't. It, we, just don't uh, we just don't merit these things, um, much less do we merit salvation. And we'll get more into that as we get into the second article of the creed. Because this one really is more focused on just... The, the way God preserves his creation in this life. The second article is going to get more into the, you know, forgiveness of sins, uh, salvation, new life that we have in Christ. All right. Um, anything else on that one? Mm, I don't think so. There's a few more, yeah, there's a few more things. I, I think it, it would probably be a little bit repetitive, though, with things we've already talked about. Um, but I do want to get into question 142, and I think that this is just, it kind of rolls off the tongue, these four verbs that Luther highlights, uh, which is our duty. And I think, um, well, we're going to talk about this. I think the word duty, and then there's another, there's another one of these four words that sometimes gets a bad rap, and maybe we kind of cringe a little bit when we hear these kind of words. But anyway... We'll leave that aside for just a moment. So why do we say that it is our duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him? Um, And what are some actual ways that we can do those things? So thank and praise, serve and obey. Let's put some meat on the bone for these (laughs) these words. Um, The the catechism on page 159, it's going to... We'll see if this causes any controversy or not. Um, it responds to, to this question. It says, It is only right and proper for creatures to respond to the gifts of their creator in word, and then in parentheses it has thank and praise, and deed, serve and obey. So it's saying that the way that we thank and praise would be done with our words, and then the way that we serve and obey would be done in our deeds. Uh, what do you think about that? Do you think it's is it only with words that we can thank and praise? Um, I don't know. What's your reaction to that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be helpful for some people to distinguish that, you know, the difference between 
how it has the word be thank and praise and then deed be serve and obey. But, uh, you know, in the life of a Christian, it should just, like, there might not even be a, a, a difference, you know, it might just, mm-hmm. it, it, all of it goes back to the, in that first line, it's a response. And so mm-hmm. all of these things are a response that flow from God's goodness towards us in the first place. And so whether you distinguish them as mm-hmm. different or you just, see them as the response like it yeah it can amount to the same thing mm-hmm. yeah I was just trying to get you to say something controversial you know I was just trying to bait you there no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no, not really I just um, I think I, I reacted a little bit to it and, and I think yeah probably I'm like overthinking the distinctions between the words you know it's not like you have a dial and you're like well let me turn it into you know like serve mode or think mode today um, but I think sometimes I think about you know, we talk about like thanking and praising God, like in the context of worship, mm-hmm. and I, I sometimes react against like, well, that's you know, don't think about your your life as a thanker and a praiser of God as like only restricted to that one hour mm-hmm. of worship. Um, but there's more. I mean, obviously, like like um, if we're going to take the word thing seriously here. Because we we all talk kind of a lot, we use words kind of like you know whether whether we're saying them with our mouth or whether we're, t- or we're saying them with our fingers mm-hmm. now. You know, um, I think we you know we can thank and praise God with our prayers, which we probably the verb that we use more too much in our prayers is the verb ask. <laughs> you know, we mm-hmm. probably could do more thanking and praising in our prayers, but then just even like in in conversation with other people too, when we're um, Sharing maybe what God has done in our lives, or or something like that of that nature. I think that's another way that we can be praising God, um, whether it's in like a public way or you know, public in the sense of maybe just with one other person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there's a lot there. I, you know, I, it's the Catechism. I think is is providing a more well-rounded uh, picture of what thanking and praising God looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we get to the serve and the obey. And uh, what about serving God? Does, does, God, uh, does God need anything from us? <laughs> no. <laughs> but your neighbor does. Good, yeah, see, okay. So and I think this, this might be, this is another, I think, just a, a shifting of a mindset. Because if you, we do use that language all the time of serving God, like Luther does too. So it's, mm-hmm. apparently it's a good thing. Um, but I, I think we there's that sense in which yeah your neighbor does need does need your good deeds and and I think I guess the way that I look at it maybe correct me you know you know admonish me here if I'm if I'm wrong Pastor Josh but I do think of it as like when I'm serving my neighbor. That in and of itself is a beautiful thing. Like I, I should, I should, I, I do, and and also I should like derive joy and and pleasure from serving my neighbor. You know, mm-hmm. um, but but I also have like an added layer. I think of joy and pleasure from doing that because I also think, well, in so doing, I am serving God. I think ultimately, yeah, absolutely, yeah, and I'm and I'm. 
just following. I, I'm, I'm trying to be more like my my father in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, kind of em- emulating and, and modeling that. Um, but absolutely, I mean, serving your neighbor. I mean, there's all there's all kinds of things. I think we've talked about this before in some other setting. Like, I think there's a reason why God doesn't just wave his hand and satisfy like every need in this world. I think he he does have the system built so that we will we depend on God, obviously, most mm-hmm. of all. But like, but we do. There's a sense in which we have to depend on one another. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was from. From when God established His His people as holy, as set apart from other people, like you know, back in Old Testament times, like that was that was built in to care for those in need, you know, to take care of the widow, the orphan, mm-hmm. the traveler, you know, like that. That was always a part of uh, the intention for God's people, and yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, we see Paul talk about, we see Jesus talk about how. When we do something for someone else, we're we're really doing it even for Jesus. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's a great. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's like maybe one of the best passages I think you could have brought up for this conver- this exact conversation. Yeah. So Matthew twenty five, um, it's that picture of the last day, and where yeah, God is saying, yeah, like there is that connection there between yeah, um, serving our brothers and sisters and and serving Christ Himself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so on the, on the one hand, it, it's sort of a trick question, I guess, like, does God need anything from us? Like, no, he doesn't. It's, God's not, like, sweating out, oh, I hope, I hope, you know, Josh and Jeff today are going to do that thing that I need, otherwise my whole plan yeah. is is going to be unraveled. <laughs> um, you know, he's <laughs> he's not depending on us for that Sweating type of thing. Sweating it out. But yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like a, you know, for parents or grandparents who might be thinking, yeah, like, sometimes, you know, you... You give, you know, like your kid something, and you hope that they will do the right thing with it. And you're like, oh, should I get involved? No, I should sit back. I should let them. I should let them do it. See what happens. Yeah. Um, Luther Luther has a quote. I forget where, but just kind of simply put, God doesn't need your good works, mm-hmm. but your neighbor does. Yeah. And so um, it just reminds us, you know, while we do, we do end up serving God, mm-hmm. serving Jesus through how we serve our neighbor. It's not it's not for his benefit. Yeah. It's uh it's and it's not for our credit either. Mm-hmm. We're doing it because our brother and sister our brothers and sisters are in need. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't I maybe I'm I'm either um maybe this wasn't Luther, but we'll give we'll give Luther credit for this one. Or maybe you'll you'll be like, oh no, I know I know who actually said this. I feel like Luther has some, it was maybe like in a sermon of his or some like story that he tells where, you know, someone gets to heaven and they have like, they've got like a bag over their shoulder and it's, it's empty. Um, but it's like, it's kind of like, it has like two different shades of meaning, I, I think. So like, you know, on one sense, you know, we, we have nothing to offer God at all. Like, for, you know, like, it's not like you get to heaven and you have to, you know, present these things that will get you in. Um, but, but maybe, maybe it's just, maybe I'm dividing it up the wrong way, but, um, but then I know part of it is it, you know, like the bag could have included, could have contained the good works that this person did on mm-hmm. earth and it's empty. 
and the, and the, kind of the gist of it is, oh yeah, like I didn't bring my good works up here because I left them on earth. Mm-hmm. Like I did them, you know, for other people. My good works are still like they're down there because I knew yeah. it doesn't matter that they're up here because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're meant for the sake of our neighbor down below. Yeah. Does that sound familiar? Or did I maybe I just made this up and we should edit this out? And I can use um, it. I feel like I've seen like comics. Like cartoon comics. Oh like yeah. That. Okay. Get at it. Get, get at, at that. that. Yeah. Channel. Maybe it wasn't Luther, but it, Luther should have said that. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's so, got so much work that chance, like, yeah. just chances are. Yeah. Chances you know, are. you you throw a dart and yeah at, yeah. at the wall and it's mm-hmm. gonna hit some Luther said. Yeah. Well, then there's like the this is the, we're gonna take one minute on this. Uh, there's like the table talk. Mm-hmm. You're you know familiar with these things, so I think. There, there's some books called Table Talk, and they have like quotes from Luther. Some of them, I think, are probably more like legends, or they're just like attributed to him, but they didn't really didn't really say them. But I've I heard some professor in seminary kind of said like, yeah, those Table Talk ones are probably like Luther after he had a beer or two, <laughs> and so it's like sometimes they're a little little like there's more humor. Or a little more edge. Although yeah. Luther kind of, he's, he's kind of an edgy guy, even in any of his writings. Yeah, <laughs> um, edgier Luther. Yeah, yeah. You got to censor some of the things he says about the Pope and yeah. and other, just other Turks. Just, his rhetoric is just you know <coughs> kind of a different time. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so so what about this this word obey though? Like, duty and obey. I feel like those are, like, dirty words. They're, like, four-letter words that people don't like to say, at least in America. Yeah. Um, like, is, there, is there a sense in which obeying, obedience, can be a good thing? Or is it just, should we shy away from that? Should we get rid of this verb? Well, I think about uh, the Fourth Commandment, you know, uh, Obeying your parents, honoring your parents, and mm-hmm. obeying what they have to say, and you know it's got a promise attached to it. <laughs> it does, yeah. It's the only commandment that has a promise attached. That's always a fun um, confirmation quiz question yeah. that the pastor tries to trip up the students with. Right? <laughs> yeah. or at least I do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So okay. So so at least in the context of the fourth commandment, yeah, God is saying this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Obey. Obey those in authority over you. I don't like it though. I mean, what? Why would it be? Like, how can how can I change my mindset and find joy in obedience? Help me, Pastor Josh. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, I think uh, maybe this is kind of a different direction, but I just think you know, it, and I think we've all experienced this. But ultimately, God's will is going to happen. It's whether or not, like, it's, it's whether we kind of obey and, and submit to his will mm-hmm. or, like, go kicking and screaming. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling to think of an example, but just, like, I've heard people talk about, like, I, God, I don't want this, you know, <laughs> and they, like, well, I, Jonah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Oh, he, absolutely! You know he—that's a, that's a great example. He didn't want uh, the Ninevites to be saved, and he, well, God told him to go left. He went right. Mm-hmm. You know, and God, God's will is still going to happen. And so, mm-hmm. uh, Jonah wouldn't have gone through that. He wouldn't have 
put the people on the boat in danger, he wouldn't have had to go through, I'm guessing, a very unpleasant uh, experience of going, of being swallowed by the fish and being spit up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, if he had just obeyed what God had said, he would have cut out a lot of the suffering, we'll say. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that if we obey God perfectly that there's not going to be suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, with an asterisk, because if <laughs> humanity as a whole did that, then there wouldn't be suffering, but that ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if Adam and Eve had obeyed, mm-hmm. never fell into sin. But, uh, there, you know, they're still suffering as a result of yeah. sin in the world. But, you know, when we, we often cause, uh, bring some of that on ourselves by not obeying God, you know, it can even be things like, you know, just on the fourth commandment, you know, talking back to your parents and you get punished. You mm-hmm. know, like that's that's a form of disobeying God because God says to honor your parents. And so that punishment that has come, you know, losing your phone, losing yeah. uh, screen time, whatever, is a result of your disobedience. And so you can really look at just about everything and see how obedience... Uh, the there's a positive side to it, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. that things may go well, that it may go well with you and your parents, and then, mm-hmm. you know, you may live a long life, yeah, alright, I'm missing the wording, but then the negative of that punishment that comes, yeah. or the the I can't think of that word either, the negative things that come as a mm-hmm. result, With not the consequences. Yes, or something. thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought that would have been the word that tripped me up? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's that's all that's all true. I I think about it too from the standpoint of I think when I think it matters what what the intention of the law, the rule, the instruction is. And, and, and I guess the intention, the goal of like the authority figure. Um, and I think once you, once you as, as the one who is in the, in the role of obeying those things, once you kind of, once, once you grasp the, the, the law and the lawgiver have what's best for you mm-hmm. at the heart of all of those things, then it starts to become, oh, okay, these are not just haphazard. Now, there are, I mean, there are some things in life where you might think, like, there is, I cannot see a rhyme or reason behind that law um, or that rule or whatever. So, like, why would I, why would I do that, you know? Um, we're not going to get too much into that. I think, I think you have to, you have to have the humility and the, and the trust that, you know, unless unless there's something that like clearly goes against like God's law, and then and we're, now we're talking more about like fourth command stuff. Um, you know, you would obey it, but I guess there there is that beauty and that joy when you know that God is not just giving. He's not giving his instruction just to like keep us under his thumb, mm-hmm. just to go on a power trip or something. Right. He actually is trying. He's trying to set us apart. He's trying to form us as his people. He's trying to deepen that relationship and that trust that we have in him. 
and then it becomes a more of like a, a joyful obedience, I think, where we fall into line. I mean, I, I know there's there's some sense in, in my life when I I started to realize, oh, so my my parents, you know, they set my curfew not just to be mean or something, not just to take fun out of my life, but because, you know. They know that probably nothing positive is happening out there after midnight. Yeah. Or something. You know, like if you're out there after a certain time, probably not you're, the number of good choices you can make are pretty low. You yeah. know, <laughs> probably good to you know just just go home and, and go to sleep or you know whatever. There's there's things that I think you you have to have humility thinking okay. When I'm a kid, my parents, my teachers, my whatever, they probably are wiser than me, you know? And as a human of whatever age, my God, not just probably, he's definitely wiser than me. Mm-hmm. He's got a, a good reason for... So I guess that's that's kind of where I land, too, is um, you, you start to... I think the Holy Spirit starts to give you more wisdom... And, and the knowledge that okay obedience when when it's it, it matters who who you're who you're obeying yeah and when it's God or someone who God has put in your life um, then it's actually it's actually a blessing and that's that's you know that's fourth commandment stuff too um, anything more on that otherwise we'll well I was just gonna say yeah. do you remember those those Sprite commercials obey your thirst obey your th- <laughs> I do remember those that's probably yeah. the last time that the word obey was used in a positive sense in yeah. American culture in, in a while. Yeah, obey your thirst. Which is funny because like when you drink pop, it does not quench your thirst really. I don't think. You know, there are <laughs> some, there sometimes it like like Sprite is one of those where it's like, man, I'm thirsty for that. And like, yeah. it it's, it it has to be just the right time though, or like yeah. you know. Yeah. It's not always. Yeah. I remember I, I used to yeah, sometimes I used to like get done playing tennis and I would drink pop. Wow. Like, that doesn't seem like... That, that doesn't seem... That seems suboptimal. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Is that why I always had cramps when I played? No. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> so, uh, I'm thrown off now by the Sprite by the Sprite detour, but I think it, I think it fit. Um, last thing that I, uh, that I want to get into here is on the... It's question 147... And talks about uh, talks about how we are stewards of what God gives to us. We we talked about this at pretty good length about the role of human beings as stewards over like the entirety of God's creation, and how humans actually have have a duty mm-hmm. um, to take care of you know like the trees and the animals and the environment and all this kind of stuff, um, which we have done largely a pretty lousy job of at least in recent times. Uh, but what are some of the other, zooming in further, I think, um, what are some of our stewardship responsibilities? The first one it says here is we are to care for our bodies. And this is one of, I, I love this passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. It's, the specific context is actually talking about what we do with our bodies in regard to sex. But the but it has it has more applications I think as well. This last um, you know verses nineteen and twenty here it says it in the catechism. Um, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? And then here's the big one: you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. 
and I and I think um, I think it's appropriate to, to extend that not just to things that we do with regards to sexuality or things that we are to refrain from, um, but I think it also goes into other things that we do or refrain from with respect to our body. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess yeah, what what can we learn from this as far as you know? How do we be, how are we good stewards of this body that we've been given? Well, two thoughts that I had. Um, <clears throat> the first one is just thinking about like, you know, Old Testament. There are, there are several books that are just talk about, or there not, maybe not several whole books, but large portions of several of the books of the Old Testament that talk about how the temple is to be cared for. Like, you know, you go into those like several chapters long mm. of the specificities of the temple of God. Okay. And like, you know, it's so detailed and it, you know, everything has to be perfect because God is dwelling there. Mm-hmm. And then to think about that, like now God, we are where God dwells. Like mm-hmm. putting it back in that Old Testament context. Mm-hmm. Like, could you imagine if they just, the people who are making the temple are like, eh, We'll cut some corners here, or oh, we'll we'll leave it messy, mm-hmm. or you know, just kind of let it be a uh, pigsty. Yeah, <laughs> pigsty would be <laughs> that, that's like so offensive. You yeah, with the <laughs> <laughs> that's about as bad as it could get. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we apologize to our to our Jewish viewers. <laughs> <laughs> Got a lot of those. <laughs> um, but you know, just like no, you 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 treat the temple like better than anything else mm-hmm. and so like how do we think about our body now and mm-hmm. um and and just kind of realizing like it's it's not just it's not just us right mm-hmm. god has bought us with a price uh, yeah. it's god you know it's god who owns us mm-hmm. um and you know just my second thought kind of branches off from that we don't really talk about this uh today much but I think there is there is some value to thinking to reflecting on like the seven deadly sins Mm -hmm. right like gluttony sloth envy uh, I'm just I'm just keep that tally okay Um, (laughs) lust yeah I think that's one rage yeah um do you know them or? Um, I can't. I'm trying to think of the other two. Um, did, did you already? You already said envy. Yeah. Man, this is a this is a low moment for this for this show here. Because um, this this was like a big deal, like well, very and, and early it, church, right? It is. Well, I, it, it is talked a lot more mm-hmm. about in I think in the in the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What did what have you not? Oh yeah. Okay. Um, I don't. I think pride. greed and pride. I think were the were the two mm-hmm. that you uh, that you didn't have. But yeah, five five out of seven on the spot, pretty good. <laughs> um, if we if you know if we would have watched that movie Seven, you recently maybe we would have gotten them quicker. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So so the seven deadly sins. Yeah. So so wh- where were you going to go with that? Just yeah. like, I think, you know, I I don't think in general it's very it's overly helpful for us to like focus like put a ton of focus on these specific sins because all <laughs> sins are 
equal before God. So, you know, it's not overly helpful. Yeah. But if you think about those specific ones, like there are several of those that we don't really focus on as much, like mm-hmm. gluttony. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever heard a pastor preach on gluttony, mm-hmm. you know, but yet. I wonder, yeah, you know, it is interesting though, like I'm trying to think what would be, what would be the scripture passage that would hit that, hit that specific sin. Self-control would be my thought. Yeah. Yeah. It's it just, I feel like that, that's the one that stands out to me of the, of the seven that I don't think you have as much. Like I, I guess there's some there's some of these things like in this context of stewarding stewarding your body, that is just more like common sense, right? Rather than like you have a, you know, verse from the Bible. Aha! You know, there you go. Mm-hmm. You know, you can really yeah. But I think, um, I guess just here on on the spot, what's coming to my mind is some of these things. You know, you're you're going to if you engage in them too much, you're going to be less less of a blessing to your family or to your neighbor. Like they're going to stand in the way of you um, maybe like living as long of a life, <laughs> you yeah. know, or, or just being as, as uh, yeah, being as available to, to serve in the ways that God has ordained for you to serve. Or, you know, think about like addiction probably stems from that, you know? And Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But and so I, I bring this up just to to talk about like you know there are things that I think that we there are obvious sins and not so obvious sins like mm-hmm. you know one, ones that Jesus specifically talks about uh, I think you know where it's like well you have heard it said that you know you shall not murder but I say if you even think. Uh, evil thoughts against your brother you've committed murder and so like kind of outwardly things uh, or outward things but then you know there are some I think that fall between the cracks and in this context how we take care of ourselves mm-hmm. um, because like we do have a responsibility if we if we truly do see our bodies as gifts from God yeah, like that means you know what are what do we do with the gifts that we've been given from God? Mm-hmm. We take care of Which, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, and if we don't, it's kind of like we're scorning that gift. We're disrespecting the gift, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 I think also on this conversation, we we look forward to the resurrection of the body. Yeah. And so we know, like, we're gonna now. It's gonna be we're gonna be changed, right? In the twinkling of, of an mm-hmm. eye, at the last trumpet, we're, you know, our bodies are gonna be changed. Um, but our bodies will be raised. And so I think that that ought to make us care for them more, you know, in, in this life too. Yeah. Now, I think we could also go the opposite direction, which I don't think we're going to have time for today, but because um, people, Christian or otherwise, will use that phrase, my body is a temple. And I think sometimes, you know, they leave out the part about the whole the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I think the body can become a temple in which we worship like ourselves or how we look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I think there's, there's that line between, you know, trying to, you know, use diet and exercise to take care of ourselves, but then maybe 
that becoming our primary identity or, or like where we put our trust or where mm -hmm. we find our value or something. Yeah. Um, which I think, I think that's, I think that's more of a recent phenomenon. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. That's just, it just seems like there's a, there's a whole culture of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was going to say too, like, <laughs> don't hear what we're not saying. Uh, yes. Yeah. You know, because I think that it's easy to hear, it could be easy to hear what we're saying and be like, well, pastors are saying that we should, you know, be working out like mm -hmm. six days a week and, you know, only yeah. eating veggies and, mm -hmm. uh, and fruit, you know, now are those good things? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, like <laughs> take some people, like some people can't exercise, like they have, mm -hmm. you know, their body doesn't allow them or some people are allergic to certain foods you know so yeah. it's not it, we're not making like a rule mm -hmm. but i think even just like changing the the mindset of even just some i think something like stress eating or emotional eating mm -hmm. could be a, a way of dealing with this like do you go to food for your when you're dealing with stress or do you go mm -hmm. to god in prayer do you find comfort in fellow Christians like mm -hmm. like because that's a that's an area that you know yeah is, is negative in the sense of where you go to for comfort but mm -hmm. also like you know you're having a negative effect on your body as a result of it and so yeah, yeah. even just being aware of that and then making a few changes like mm -hmm. like I'm not trying to turn this into like a a diet and exercise plug. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's not, there's not like a. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure these books exist, but it's not like the Bible prescribes a particular, yeah, you know, like exercise and diet regimen or something. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm absolutely confident that there are, are books you could buy. Joel Osteen, <laughs> that probably that probably purport to be that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just yeah. If if whatever I think we should take away from a teaching like this is. Again, like you're not your own, and so I think the the choices that you can make, um, if you're if you're thinking more, okay, I'm gonna be maybe I'm gonna do this or not do this because my body is a blessing from God that I can you know use so to speak for the good of other people. You know, I think it's just yeah, it's just maybe, maybe it's just if it's a mindset shift that helps. Um, I don't know. I think about that too, like, cause I, you know, you get busy and like you, it's harder, it's harder to do things that are good for your body. Yeah. Like if you think, okay, well this is actually like, like a thing that can be a benefit to my family or whatever. Yeah. Maybe that helps you 1% mm -hmm. to do it more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think necessarily for the, for a lot of people, you know, there should be like a heavy feeling of guilt or something no. when, you, when you read something like this, but, um, but yeah, we talked about that that for a long time now. But I think, but then going farther down, it also talks about stewarding like our possessions, our finances. You know, so then it then it gets into yeah, just I mean, just it's a holistic thing. Everything that God gives to us, there is there is a benefit directly to us from those things. But then also we should be thinking, um, how can I also use these things maybe for blessing uh, one another too. Um, 
I don't know anything else on on that stewardship. I, I think I, I know. I just I like any conversation of stewardship that doesn't only talk about money. Money is obviously it, it's a big thing. Um, it's you know we we have to think about it or use it probably most days of our lives for for various things. Um, but stewardship is is so much bigger and more um, holistic than just money. It, we just don't, don't talk about the other things mm-hmm. quite as much. Yeah. yeah. Is the first article done? Uh, At least for this I, conversation. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think people are going to start to get bored. Like, we've been talking about this forever. I'm just kidding. You would never get bored. Yeah, they would never get bored of talking about, about, about God. Um, but what about Jesus? You know, I mean, he is God. But the Son, the second person of the Trinity... He is uh, the focal point of the second article of the Apostles' Creed, and we're going to go there next time. We're going to talk all about um, who Jesus is and what he came to do, and various. And there's a lot there, guys. There's there's a lot there. Yeah, imagine we just spent three uh, three weeks talking about mm-hmm. God the Father based off of like one sentence of the Apostles' Creed. Mm-hmm. Think about how long the second article is. It talks about Jesus. So we're going to be in this for a calendar year? Yeah, at least. At least, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And the explanation of the the second article of the Creed is one of my favorite things in the Catechism. It's just, Mm. it's beautiful. Um, Yeah, we'll we'll get there. There's a couple of phrases that I'll definitely want to highlight in our conversation. So thanks, as always, for joining us. Um, We really enjoy, I mean, we enjoy talking to each other, but we also enjoy knowing that other people are, are joining us, um, even though maybe we, we don't hear what you're saying at the screen while we're talking, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but we, um, but we pray that this is a blessing for you and we um, pray God's blessings on the rest of your weekend. We'll see you this weekend in worship. So have a good one.